Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It's our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, in today's episode of Root Like Faith, we'll be taking a look at what God is trying to teach us when we hit the wall. Yeah, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, be sure to listen back to our last episode. But we can get hung up on this stage. So we want to talk about what we need to do when we hit the wall, what God's trying to teach us, and why it's so important that we journey inward. Let's get started. Well, I think we've all experienced times in our journey with Christ when God seems distant. And we we talked a lot about that last week. Um, you know, we don't feel his presence. We don't hear his voice. We wonder if, if he even cares. I mean, we can't even get to that point. Um, and we've talked about some practical ways to continue walking with God when he feels distant. And in particular, last week, we talked about hitting the wall and what we should do when we get to that point. And today we want to take it a step further and talk about some of the specific things that God is trying to teach us in that season. Um, really, the wall is meant to usher us into the next stage. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you listen to the last episodes. But let's move on then. We've hit that wall. Um, we're we're seeking God. We're trying to find him. What's, honey, what's next? Well, you know, as we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, you know, God wants to give us his life. I mean, he wants to give us grace. And um, and so the spiritual life is is this journey. I mean, it's this process, this lifelong journey, this lifelong process that he's, you know, by which he's changing us from the inside out. And so we've talked about different biblical examples of that. You know, Philippians 3 is, a, is just one example of how the life of a disciple, the, the life of a learner is um, one who is being transformed mm-hmm. into the likeness of Jesus. And so we go through these different stages of the spiritual life, different seasons or different stages where... God is doing something different in in each of those stages. Mm -hmm. And we just have been talking about how it's so important for us at least to have a framework for that because, um, you know, I grew up as a Christian. I just thought you get saved and read your Bible and and go to church and it just sort of all works out. Someday you you die and you're you're with Jesus and then you are finally like him. But there's a lot of time in between there. There's a lot of time in between. And and so there's been, you know, a whole history of different spiritual writers and men and women of God who've walked before us, who've Mm -hmm. really, um, I think, give us, they give us a, a great wealth of knowledge and insight into that that spiritual journey with Jesus. And so we've talked about, you know, these different stages that, that stage number one is the converted life. It's when we become a Christian. We mm. turn from our sin and turn to Jesus as our Savior. And then we enter into the learning life. And that's really a, you know, a, a season or stage marked by by, um, you know, knowing. And so we're constantly learning and reading our Bibles and maybe we go to a conference, we can't get enough of church and we're mm-hmm. listening to worship. And then the third stage is what is called the the active life. And that's that season that's marked by doing. We've discovered the gifts that God has given us and we're, you know, just, we find great joy in serving. Mm-hmm. And then what you're talking about is at some point we hit that wall, that, that extended season where we just, you know, it's oftentimes marked by maybe some kind of personal loss or a tragedy, or a midlife crisis, or burnout, or burnout mm-hmm. where we hit a wall. And it's when we hit that season, when we hit that wall, that dark night of the soul, that we have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. We're either going to continue to walk with God and, and allow him to disciple us through that season, navigate those circumstances, or we generally turn back mm-hmm. and go back to stage one, two, 
and three and just sort right. of repeat over again. And that's what we talked about and last so that, week. That's sort yeah. of where we've been. And, and yet there's this important stage called the, the inward journey or the inward life where, where now God is inviting us mm. to go inward. And this season, this stage is marked by being. And so where other stages have been marked by maybe knowing or doing, this stage is primarily marked by being. We, we discover who we are as God's son or daughter. Yeah, and that's, so what I love about the whole idea of hitting the wall or, you know, when we come to that desperate place in our life is that it's really meant to draw us, um, like you said, to that towards Jesus and and towards this inward journey. And so that's what we want to talk about today is this stage, like you said, the inward journey and and what that means and what God is trying to teach us. Well, and I and I think it would be fair. I don't I don't think this is too much to say this, but the reality is is that there's not um, the vast majority of Christians do not make that journey inward. Mm. And so I think we could probably all, you know, identify people in our life that that have been following Jesus for 20, 30, 40, 50 years that you go, boy, that person's a saint. Like they, mm. they are like Jesus. But I think that probably most of us, we can also point to people that they've been sitting under good biblical teaching. They've been a disciple of Jesus for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And you're like, boy, they, they ought to be more like Jesus um, than, <laughs> than they are. And so the reality is there's a lot of Christians that are full of great Bible knowledge. Um, they, mm. they know God with their head. They've been in church. They've been serving. They've been doing. They're, they're great saints. Um, but but who they are, the depth of their being, mm. has been left untouched by God's grace. And there, I suppose there's a variety of reasons for that. But one of those, I think, is that, that oftentimes people... Um, don't make that journey in order. Mm. They don't know how to. Yeah, and th- and that's what's so interesting. And I feel like why this is so important to talk about because here's the thing: we get to the wall, we get to something really painful in our life, and I'm sorry, but I don't want to go towards that. I want to turn <laughs> back around, right? I mean, and and so to have some grace here and just think about, you know, the reason there are so many people that probably are just keep cycling back through these first three stages is just because it's really, really hard when you hit the wall. Nobody wants yeah. to stay there and nobody wants to, you know, work through that. But there's such blessing on the other side if we do that. Well, and the reality is most most of our Christian life up until the wall and the journey inward is, is external. Mm. And it, that doesn't mean That's that there aren't um, things going on inside of us. I mean, clearly there is God is, is changing us by his spirit from mm-hmm. the inside out. But a lot of the Christian life until we hit the wall, until we journey inward, is an external faith. Right. And all I mean by that is that, that so much of our faith is is really, you know, it's about doing, it's about knowing, and there's not um, a lot of deep um, transformation that mm-hmm. is that is going on. Now, that's obviously not entirely fair, but the journey inward is especially important because God now is, is going to begin to really cultivate an interior life or, the, or a depth of interior life that we've mm-hmm. never known before. He's going to continue that process. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's so important that that our, our journey inward is just that, that God is cultivating now a new depth in terms of, of our interior life, where to this point, much of the Christian life has been exterior. Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting as you're talking about this, I'm thinking of there are people in my life that there is just this depth. You know, there's this rich richness about who they are and the relationship with God. And it's all coming Honey, clear are to you me. talking about me right now? Because I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't, but obviously, okay, well. but obvi- there is a richness and a depth to you, <laughs> but you. I was Thank thinking you. of was... some, in particular, some women in my life who 
I could never put my finger on it, but there was just su- there was this richness and this depth to their yeah. life, and this is exactly why I really yeah. feel like you know there were there was times there were times in their life where they where they went through a crisis and they they kept seeking God through yeah. that and they made that journey inward and there it, there's just such a depth yeah. that comes from that because our relationship with the Lord I, it takes it to a whole nother level that totally remind when you're saying that it reminds me of a quote I read recently and, and the author was talking about how we must suffer the coming of Christ mm-hmm. if we can offer Christ to other people mm-hmm. and one of the things he was talking about is yeah just knowing Christ walking with Christ abiding with Christ um, in a new deeper way where he he comes through the power of his spirit and um, we we suffer his coming that's a painful process mm-hmm. to begin uh, really being joined to Christ in a new way um, and so when that happens as God is is really uh, allowing us to journey inward there, there is this interior depth and, and there's a difference you know as mm-hmm. you as you relate to other people you know who has suffered the coming of Christ mm-hmm. because now they have something truly um, mm-hmm. rich to offer other people mm-hmm. um, and that's Christ himself but but they journey inward um, you know with uh, with with Jesus and yeah. so um, I want to just highlight a couple um, you know maybe sort of characteristics of, of this stage so is somebody's thinking about you know am I um, in that inward life or am I journeying through that particular stage and what does that look like how do I know that and so let me just offer maybe just a couple characteristics of what that stage looks like. You know, Psalm chapter 42, verses 1 through 2, which is one of my favorite psalms. The psalmist says, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. Um, my soul thirsts for you, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? And so one of the things that that is characteristic of the inward life is there's just this new hunger for truth or for God himself. Mm. You know, I've talked about, you know, when I was diagnosed in January of 2018, I've shared this story with so many people, but the way I've described that is that, that I became hungry for truth wherever truth could be found. Mm. Um, now I want to be careful that, um, I mean, all truth is God's truth, but, but what I meant by that is that, that I want, I, I just became hungry for God's truth and his mm-hmm. word amongst his people. Um, even amongst other, other traditions within the Christian faith. Uh, I, I've learned so much from our Catholic brothers and sisters or from uh, friends that are, that are Eastern Orthodox. So within the Christian faith, uh, there's this robust amount of truth made available to us. And cer- there are certainly disagreements that we might mm-hmm. have with Catholics or Eastern Orthodox. But the point is, is there was this new hunger for God and for truth, unlike I'd ever known before. And so I think that's one of the characteristics that's marked by this journey inward. Um, we just have this this new and deep hunger for truth or for God himself, mm-hmm. which is really what the psalmist is talking about in Psalm chapter 42, verses mm-hmm. one through two. You know, another characteristic I think that um, is is consistent with this inward life or the inward journey is that people that are in this place or in that stage, they're often drawn away from activity mm. or serving. And so you, you, as we talked about, when you hit the wall and you feel burned out or you've experienced some loss, a lot of times you just don't have anything left to give. Right. Um, it's hard for you to call a friend or to text message somebody or to go serve in the children's ministry or student ministry. And so oftentimes you just feel empty. And so people that are journeying inward oftentimes begin to kind of pull away from doing and serving because again, so much of our Christian experience has been external. It's been good. I mean, we use our gifts and we're serving. Sometimes our identity gets caught up in that. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so there, there's this pulling away from activity that, that happens on the journey inward. We, we need time now to focus on ourselves and what God wants to do inside of us. And so as a result, you'll see a lot of people as they hit the wall and journey inward, they begin to kind of pull away from some of those normal activities or rhythms that they uh, enjoyed for a number of years. Right. And I mean, in that, though, isn't it important to remain faithful in serving? Maybe it's not as much. Maybe there's you have to recognize your limitations. Um, I, I just, I think that's important to state here that there, you do remain committed to serving. Yeah, I think it just one of the, might look differently. One of the dangerous things we talked about last time when people hit the wall or they begin to journey inward is it, you, you can go off the, the rails. Right. And so we've seen that over and over again, you know, in ministry where, you know, people pull away from community, they pull away from their local church and yeah, they can pull away from serving entirely. And so I, I think that's an important point that God still calls us to follow him. We need to remember we, we follow a crucified Savior. And so uh, we, we need to keep doing what we've always done, like we talked about before, reading our Bible, praying, and even mm-hmm. serving in some capacity. But I do think as you journey inward that there um, is a need to kind of pull away sometimes from maybe giving or doing as much as we were before, like right. you said, because we don't have the same capacity in that season. Mm-hmm. And so God is doing something different uh, in us because we know, and we're going to talk about that at the end, that that God is going to pull us out of that journey inward to a life now of giving mm-hmm. to others, but it's going to be from a completely different place, a different reservoir. And so if we shortchange that, um, then then we don't really get to stage mm-hmm. five in the healthiest way. Well, and I, and I, yeah, in the healthiest way, that was a really good point because I think, you know, when I think about what we've been through in the past few years, Obviously, it's a little different because we are in full-time ministry. Like we can't, you know, it's not like you can completely pull back and we're not meant to. Um, But we, there were some things we had to put some boundaries in place because there was only there was only so much capacity that we had. And I think about, you know, emotionally myself, there was only, I didn't have as much to give. Now I still served and I still, you know, was there. And even when it was hard and I didn't want to, I kept doing it. Um, But I did have some boundaries and I didn't do as much as I was doing before. And I, so I, I guess there, there is a balance there there, and that's just what I want the listener to understand. Well, I think, you know, for us, as we were going through that season, there were just certain relationships that we had to pull away from because we didn't have the same capacity to mm-hmm. give in those relationships. There are other relationships that were were life-giving to us and they, they poured into us in, in mm-hmm. really critical ways, important ways, people that within our local community, but also outside of our community. And I think that's so important. You know, one of the things that uh, Dr. Greg had said to me, who's, you know, has been, you know, uh, just a, a fount of wisdom, a local Christian psychologist, he, you know, he just said to me that, that, you know, unhealthy people don't understand boundaries. Boundaries work mm. with healthy people. They don't work with unhealthy people. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that as we set some boundaries, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the people that, that are, were in a healthy place understood that, respected that and cheered us on. And those that were not, um, they, they didn't understand sort of the mm-hmm. season we're in. It's so all that to say, I think it's so important. Boundaries are meant to keep us together. Mm-hmm. Not They're not meant to keep other people out. Mm-hmm. And I think as That's we good. set boundaries, um, they, it does require that, that we have to sort mm-hmm. of say no to some relationships or as much time. And there will be people that understand that and some people that don't. And, mm-hmm. But you have to do, I think, in that stage or in this stage, what is best for your own mm-hmm. soul. And a lot of times that means pulling away for a time or a season or, you know, to to some degree, 
um, as you continue to follow Jesus and, and love him and love others, um, you, you have to set some of those boundaries yeah. or you're in trouble. Yeah. And so a couple of other things that I, that you can, you know, notice during this time is maybe that you're just craving that silence and solitude. Wow. That's how I felt. I, seriously. I've, and I I've love always being loved around silence, people. Well, I, yeah. Especially during this You season, crave yeah. silence like <laughs> 365 days a year. Yeah. <laughs> but Unless not I'm me. listening to Rich Mullins. <laughs> not me. I'm, you know, I, I like, no, I do crave silence at times, obviously, but I'm more of a, you know, people person. I don't need it quiet all the time. And um, wow, in that season, I really, I really needed just, I needed time to think, you know, I needed time alone. That's a critical point. I had somebody tell me during that season that, that solitude is relational. You know, we tend to we tend to think of solitude as getting away to be by yourself. Oh, that's a really good but point. But the wisdom in that is what he was saying is that that silence and solitude is not about you getting away by yourself. It's about you getting away with God. Um, because again, we can go through life so and be Honey, so distracted. I feel like I need to be like, Amen. That's so good. <laughs> I'll never stand in the way of an Amen. So, <laughs> but I think that there's so much wisdom in that 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 silence and solitude again is meant to cultivate that mm. interior life hearing God's voice in the scriptures, hearing God's voice in prayer, thinking about your life, uh, thinking about your wounds, thinking about your sin. I mean, we live, again, such external lives. Mm -hmm. We're just reacting day after day, week after week. And so the interior life uh, gets, gets, you know, uh, sort of snuffed out. And so the importance of silence and solitude during the the inward life is Mm -hmm. is just Mm -hmm. so critical for those reasons. But one more characteristic, and there, there are certainly others, um, but easy answers just don't work anymore. Yeah. And so I think as you go through the journey inward, again, you're just hungry for God. You're hungry for truth. And some of the answers that maybe you had about who God is, um, they just don't work anymore. Some of those pat answers mm. um, are not sufficient. And so this journey, as we hit the wall and journey inward, it, it's why um, surrender is such a, a characteristic yeah. of yeah. this season, because you're surrendering um, so much to God and you're trusting him. And you're deciding to trust him and walk with him, even when some of those answers don't mm. don't um, sort of satisfy like mm-hmm. like they used to. Mm, that's so good. Well, I think you know one of the ways that we um, see this, or one of the people um, in the scriptures that I think uh, sort of and we talked about this in the last episode, uh, but one of the people that we see that models this journey inward is Peter. And mm, you know we yes, talked about yes. that. Um, you know Peter was that disciple of Jesus, that follower of Jesus that always had the right answer. He was always speaking first, always putting his foot in mm-hmm. his mouth. And we know that he, you know, he, he was a great leader um, and he brought so much value to the disciples. And yet he also just sort of all, was always tripping over what he said. Yeah. And he, uh, in a variety of ways, um, is is humbled and in, in maybe most significantly by his denial of Jesus. Mm. Um, and so you see this transformation that happens in Peter's life where he starts out, he's just ready to follow Jesus. He'll do anything to follow him. He has all the answers. Mm-hmm. And then he begins to, to come to a greater awareness of who he really is, that he's sinful, that he's weak. He denies Jesus. And of course, at the end of John's gospel in John chapter 21, he, he's restored by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes to him. I love how John chapter 21 starts out. You'll notice that, that Peter says, let's go back and fish. And that's really important because Peter and Andrew are out fishing when Jesus first comes and calls them. And you wonder if Peter says, mm. you know what, let's go back to what we were doing before. Mm. Maybe Jesus is done with me. Let's go back to my old way of life. Mm. And so John chapter 21 starts out with Peter suggesting that they go out and fish. And it's when they're out on the water that they're fishing that Jesus comes to them. 
in, in such a beautiful way, he calls to the disciples, he yells to them, friends. Mm. And so just think about that. Yeah. I mean, for a moment, knowing what Peter had done, how Peter had denied Jesus, and to hear Jesus yell, friends. friends. Yeah. Um, now, he doesn't know it's Jesus at the time, and when he does recognize that it is Jesus, it's interesting that the text says that he actually wrapped himself in a cloak and he jumped into the water, mm. and the disciples followed him. Um, in the boat behind him until they got to the shore. And I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, but I, I wonder if when Peter saw him and heard him and he understood, he was beginning to understand what Jesus was inviting him back into, he couldn't get back to Jesus fast mm. enough. He Whew. couldn't get to him. <laughs> Honey, don't ah, start man, that crying. That makes me so emotional every time I, every time I, <laughs> oh, I, I think so about powerful, that. Oh, it's so powerful, yeah. Um, but my point in that is that, that Peter, in his life, you, you see him thinking he has it all together. Mm-hmm. He's humbled, and then he's forgiven, and he's restored. And then at the end of John 21 there, Jesus says, come follow me, mm-hmm. right? He's the only disciple that I know of that Jesus says, come follow me two mm-hmm. times. And there's a lot that happens mm-hmm. between the first time that Jesus says, come follow me, and the second time. There's mm-hmm. this deep transformation that happens in Peter's life. He, he gets a greater awareness of who he is, but as a part of that, he gets a greater awareness of who Jesus is. Well, he, he is a loved Center, and that's what mm-hmm. happens in the journey inward. And that's what I, I love that the Bible gives us his story. To I mean, we can re- just even as you're explaining it, where can we um, point people to? Obviously, in the Gospels, but is there a particular place that they could find his story quickly if they want to kind of read about Peter and his life? I just think that's so powerful when yeah. we can see the Bible just sharing this real life story of somebody going, you know through these stages like yeah, we're talking well, there, about. There's multiple places in the Gospels, and so we'll link to, to those okay. passages where they can go and read um, you know, the, those mm. different uh, parts of his story. Mm-hmm. But I think that's so important as we think about journeying inward. Now, now, Peter doesn't stop there. He doesn't just sort of sit around on the shore and go, oh, I'm just such a loved sinner. Like That's an important part in the journey, that deep transformation. Mm-hmm. And, and then Jesus basically tells him, I'm not done with you and you go feed my sheep. In other words, mm. I've got a mission for you. Yeah. Um, you've got a future and it, and it includes now giving yourself away mm. to other people. And so I think that's what happens in the journey inward is that ultimately as we experience deep healing, um, you know, transformation, we come to know that we really are God's mm-hmm. beloved. We, we really are loved sinners. We journey into that final stage mm-hmm. and that's the outward life. And now we're in a much better position mm-hmm. to love God and to love others mm-hmm from a free place. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned some of them, but I want to just restate them that this is really important during this journey inward. The lessons that God is trying to teach us is first of all, that we are loved. And I, I think, you know, when I think about the journey inward and even just some of what you've been through over the last few years, honey, and how that was a real turning point for you. Not that you didn't know that God loved you before, but it w- there was something deeper that happened. Yeah, I mean, I remember meeting meeting with with my friend Tom, who's a spiritual you know friend, spiritual companion, director. And one of the first times we got together, he said, "You know, God loves you, right?" Hmm. <laughs> I thought I've been through uh, four, five, six, seven, almost ten years of biblical theological training. Well, and, and you, I, I mean, pause. your dad was a church planner. You've been in yeah. the church your whole life. But but you know, yeah. and he he asked me that, and I, I had to pause and say, well, I know God loves other people. Mm. Um, but does he love you? You know, mm. Tom would say, does he, do you, do you believe that he loves you? Mm-hmm. And that sounds so simple. Um, that that's so easy to understand, but when you know the love of God, you can walk through anything. Mm-hmm. When, when the 
love of God is is the at the core of your identity when, when it defines who you are. Um, that's when God's love is transformed. Mm-hmm. That that's when it changes you. Yeah, and, and you... I knew about God's love. I, I would mm-hmm. say that God loved me, but but I never really truly experienced the love of God mm-hmm. um, until mm-hmm. you know over the last the last year. Yeah, and so it is a, a transforming. That's what God is after in this particular season. Is not just you having all the right Bible mm-hmm. answers, theological answers. He wants you to know that you are the beloved, mm-hmm. that by your faith in Jesus, what he's accomplished for you on the cross, um, he calls you a son or your daughter. Mm-hmm. And so now to live out of that reality, to live all of your life in response to God's love, like that is a completely different mm-hmm place. Yeah. And I think not only can you walk through anything when you know that you're loved, but you can love others rightly. And that's kind of then it the transition to the outward. Yeah. Um, but let me, I just want to share a few other lessons that God's trying to teach us is the healing of spiritual and psychological trauma, really. Yeah. Um, because I think he's healing us if, if we're surrendering and open to that in this journey inward. And sometimes that means like for, you know, counseling. A lot of times it means counseling. Yeah. Um, yeah, meeting with your pastor, you know, right. a good Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that journey inward is so important because we live with so much junk from our past. Mm-hmm. Um, we live with so many good things that maybe our parents give us or families, you know, give us or friends give us. But we also live with a lot of garbage mm-hmm. and we get wounded. We get beat up. We have unresolved sin, unresolved wounds from from you know our early childhood, and so that's part of the inner journey is the inward life is is going back with with your pastor or with a spiritual director or Christian counselor and getting at the core. You 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 get to the core of what it is um, mm-hmm. that that has wounded you and some mm-hmm. of that dysfunction, mm-hmm. and that is so important that that deep spiritual psychological mm-hmm. healing that can happen, mm-hmm. um, and so that that's a really I think an important step. And so, the journey inward. And so I don't know if I'm thinking that maybe the listener's thinking, because I'd be thinking this, how long does this journey take? You know, like, is there a timeline here? Or yeah. how do I know, like, how do I know when I've journeyed inward and moved on, I guess? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I think, you know, what we were talking about before is each of these stages, um, they take different time. You know, it's not like you move through one stage and never mm-hmm. go through it again. And so each stage is so different for each person and there's no sort of black and white, you know, this stage is done and now you move into this. There's sometimes great overlap. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that for some people, the journey inward, um, like any other stage, it, it just takes a different amount of time for everybody. Yeah. And uh, I would say easily it takes, it takes several years. Um, and again, God is not in a rush with us. He is patient. And just when you think you've you've journeyed all the way inward and you've got it all figured out, you're like, oh, there's still a lot of stuff in there mm-hmm. that I need to well, and, need to work through. And, and so like it's we, a long process. And like we've said, the different stages, it doesn't mean you do one stage and to the next and then to, all right. of these are really you keep all, coming back to them. And they're all a part of your life. It's not like you're not going to it's not like you're going to stop journeying inward right. at some point. Absolutely. But but what's the purpose of it? I think it, that'd be a good place to close, like the purpose of this journey inward, what is the outcome and the purpose of it? Yeah, I think, you know, that that final stage, or at least the final stage we're going to talk about is the outward life. That, that's mm-hmm. the fifth stage. And that's really what God is after. I mean, I mean, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God and to love others. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're just in such an unhealthy place uh, because of our own, uh, you know, wounds from the past or our own sin. And so as we're journeying inward and experiencing healing and forgiveness and rooting our lives in God's love, what happens is we, we come 
into that next stage, the outward life. And now we're able to love God and to love others mm-hmm. in, in a much deep, deeper, more meaningful, meaningful way in mm-hmm. a healthier way. And so the, the goal in the journey inward is that by the power of the spirit, we are able to be that follower of Jesus, that disciple that is now loving God and loving others in a healthy way. And I think that there's some characteristics that, that go along with that, that, that we really, I think when you begin to journey outward, is that you really don't care about some of the things that you cared about before. Mm, so for mm-hmm. example, me as a pastor, like I don't care so much about how big the church is anymore. Mm. Um, numbers don't matter as much to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oftentimes churches, they, they get into, you know, how many campuses do we have? Those kinds of things. And so I think some of those things that we sort of thought were successes or important. Right. Before, what you thought was successful um, changed. They don't matter. Right. right? And so, um, you know, serving to get recognition, w- whatever mm. it is, some of those important things or what we thought were important, um, they don't matter to us anymore. Um, you know, we use our spiritual gifts, not out of a sense of duty, but with patience and just sort of this inner calm. Mm. In other mm-hmm. words, we're just happy to love people right. and to serve people, whether that's our neighbor or somebody in our small group. Like we're not trying to get credit for that. We're not in a rush with that person. There's just mm-hmm. this sense of like, no, God's at work mm-hmm. in that person in this church. And I get to be a part of that. I get to to contribute to that. Um, and, and it's okay if that takes six months or two years, um, God's not in a rush and I'm not in a rush. Mm -hmm. Um, oftentimes, you know, we, we need a guide to go along with us in this part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, we need somebody to come alongside of us and, and to help us. But ultimately that journey inward is meant to, to push us outward so that we are, are loving and gracious Mm. and gentle and patient. Um, again, we're loving God and loving others in a much healthier way than we Mm, were before. I I love that. And I think, again, it brought me back to what you said before when when you understand the love of God, which I think is really one of the biggest parts of the journey inward. When you understand the love of God, you can walk through anything. And then outwardly, you learn to love others rightly. And I mean, that's really what you're saying there. Um, It's it's all so good. Now, I do want to mention here that if, if somebody wants to go deeper into this and through, you know, read through these journeys, there is a book. Can you mention that book, honey? What, yeah, the book, book is called The Critical Journey. And okay. I'm sure you can still find it. It's an older book. It's been around okay. for quite a while now, but that, that's one um, sort of mm-hmm. you know resource that somebody could pick up to understand the stages in, in greater detail. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what we talked about is, has come from there as well as other places, but I would, I would recommend that's a great place mm. to start to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the stages of the spiritual growth or mm. spiritual life. Mm, so good. Well, friend, we are so grateful you have joined us. If we haven't met, we want to get to know you. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. Also, don't forget everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. We'll make sure we put those verses about Peter's life um, so you can read about that and we'll put a link to that book that we just mentioned. Well, we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. Would you do us a big favor and leave us a review or rating and share this podcast with your friends? It just takes a second. It's a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith. Oh, and be sure to tag us on social media when you do that because we are so, so grateful and we want to know about it. All right, friend. Well, we hope that you have a great week and we will chat soon.